You're listening to TIP. On today's show, I sit down with Ellis Hammond to talk about growing real estate investments while you're building a legacy. Ellis is an experienced real estate investor with over $10 million in assets under management, and he focuses on helping entrepreneurs, business owners, and investors not only build wealth through real estate, but also build a legacy. You're listening to Real Estate Investing by the Investors Podcast Network, where your host, Robert Leonard, interviews successful investors from various real estate investing niches to help educate you on your real estate investing journey. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's show. As always, I'm your host, Robert Leonard, and I have Ellis Hammond with me today. Welcome to the show, Ellis. Hey, Robert. Really pumped to be here, man. Really, really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's start our conversation by talking about your story. Walk us through your background and how you got to where you are today. We own kind of really essentially two companies now. We own a we founded a group called Kingdom Capitalists, which is essentially is a, a business network community for Christian real estate entrepreneurs. And then we have an investment firm where we focus on large multifamily deals. But I know your audience is just kind of getting into this, which is why I think my story is incredibly relevant because I spent the first six years of my career as a pastor, as a as a Christian pastor. We started a nonprofit here in San Diego, and uh, I mean, I was just an evangelist. I was a, I was a mentor for college students. Really, is is how I spent my time. I knew nothing about real estate investing. Um, I didn't know anything about wealth building. Actually, the first time I heard it, I learned anything about real estate. I went to like a two hour seminar that I heard on the radio, and what the ad was like: Hey, if you want to learn how to build wealth through real estate, like you should come check out this seminar. And so I. I was in the car. It was like a month before I got married, and I was—I just—I was really hungry at this point to figure out, like, I don't know. I was beginning to kind of make a shift. I think as I was getting older and just even growing in my faith, that I wanted to be begin to figure out how do I not just steward my time, but also how do I become a better steward of my wealth and really make an impact with not just you know I, I was really good. I mean, I was working for a nonprofit, so felt like we were really making an impact there, but we didn't really have anything to give on the on the money piece, and so I just was really longing to begin to develop that. So I went to this seminar, man, and it was it was the light bulb for me. And so maybe this podcast show will be that for so many others that there are so many people that are building wealth and changing their own life and the lives of others through the vehicle of real estate and they're not millionaires or they didn't come from a lot of money. And that was the first time man, that I ever realized that. I, I legitimately thought up to that point that you had to have a lot of money already start investing in real estate. And so that was a light bulb for me to be like, hey, if these guys can do it, I got to figure this thing out. <laughs> yeah, I really I hope this podcast, our episode and just the podcast in general can really be that light bulb for everyone listening as well. And I had the exact same thought as you when I first got into real estate. We were talking about this before the show is, you know, I thought that you had to be super wealthy and I didn't come from a wealthy family either. I didn't have a ton of money. I was a college student when I first started. And I thought you had, you know, I thought this strategy was only for for the rich. And then, you know, I started studying it more. I realized that it wasn't, and I could do it too. So, yeah, real estate such a great thing. I'm excited for what we're about to talk about throughout this episode. When you were first getting started and making the transition from that nonprofit work to the real estate space, what resources did you use to learn about real estate investing? I learned how to do my first deal listening to podcasts. I mean, I just everywhere I went, I had real estate podcasts. In my ears, because I was amazed at how much information these people were giving away, you know, for free. And I was listening to people's stories and people talking about deals and the type of deals they were doing. And, you know, and I would like listen to one podcast and somebody would advertise about a, a different podcast. I would go listen to that one and I would just binge listen. And so 
podcasts were massive for me. There's so much good education. Then I got into books and Robert Kiyosaki and you know just a bunch of different real estate books. Bigger Pockets became a platform for me. So kind of the typical things, different podcast books, websites like Bigger Pockets. And then to do my first deal, the thing that probably really... Because at some point, you got to take action. That was my thing. Like I was learning all this stuff and just kept hearing like, hey, you got to do your first deal. You got to do your first deal. And probably the best advice when I ever got was someone said, go find a mentor. Like go find someone who has done what you want to do. And in order to find a mentor, you just got to be telling everybody like what you want to do. And so literally, I just started telling every single person I knew, like, hey, what are you up to? You know, everybody's like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. What are you doing? I'm, I'm trying to buy real estate. You know anybody? Like, I'm trying to buy a multifamily duplex. At that time, I was buying duplexes. I was like, do you know anybody? Like, we just want to buy a piece of real estate. And eventually, I said that enough times or someone was like, hey, I think I know somebody. <laughs> and it was a guy who helped us actually find our first deal here in San Diego. Really nice guy on several, several apartment complexes in, in San Diego. And man, I'm so thankful for that guy because I would have never, well, I wouldn't say I never would have got to where we are today. I, I think I would have figured out eventually, but I would have made a ton more mistakes and it probably wouldn't have happened as quick. And so to anybody who's listening, like if you're trying to, to do this, like start being an evangelist for what you want to do. Start telling everybody what you want to do. You'll find that mentor, man. People are, are hungry and willing to give back once they've you know, they've accomplished things themselves. So that was massive for me. And I get a lot of people in the audience that ask about how to find a mentor because they're either struggling or they just don't even know where to start. So how did you find your mentor? Just tell everybody. Like I don't know how to tell you except just tell everybody until you find someone that you want to work with. I mean, for me, it was the landlord of somebody that I was working with. And he said, Hey, I think my landlord does what you want to do. And I called him on the phone and said, Hey, can I meet you? And I went and drove to one of his places. And it took a couple of times for us to build a relationship to where he was comfortable enough to be, you know, or at least, I don't know, maybe he just felt pity on me because I wouldn't leave him alone. You're right. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I was sending him deals and he was sending me back his feedback. And I was just like, I don't really can't make sense of this. And so eventually he's just like, Let me show you this deal that I'm looking at. Maybe you'll want to be a part of it. And so, man, just. I think another, you just got to be an evangelist for what you want to do. Like, you got to be passionate. You got to, you can't stop. And I literally, when I say I told everybody, like, that was the first thing that came out of my mouth when someone asked me how I was doing. Hey, you know anybody that wants to buy real estate? (laughs) And what I think is so important about that is I think a lot of people think of building a mentorship or finding a mentor as just like a transaction and not necessarily a relationship. Whereas what you just explained was you didn't necessarily know that this guy was going to turn into your mentor or if, he was even interested. You just started building a relationship and it flourished into into what it was. Yeah. I mean, that's the best kind of relationships. Like this guy is a great friend of ours now. You know, we have him over for dinner. I tell I tell him I pay him in, in wine and dinner, you know, because like uh, he does so much for us, man. That I'm like, dude, I, I just, you know, and I don't really pay him anything. I'm like, well, we'll just cook for you. We'll buy you wine. And he, you know, he loves that. He just he's looking for friends and, and folks that he can pour into. And so yeah, man, I mean, definitely that's the best type of relationships. Is it's not transactional. I think we've had a really good time learning from him. And I would also say though, like he was our first mentor, but he he is not the mentor that I need to go to the next level of my business. And so you're always looking for mentors. You're always looking for folks who can help you go to the next level. And so I have new mentors in my life now because he's not really doing what I want to be doing in the future. And so, you know, I found other mentors just, hey, now I want to buy an apartment complex. Who who do I know that can help me buy an apartment complex? So, you know, that that grows, but it's the same principle, man. You just Tell everybody what you want to be doing and go find those who are already doing it. It's actually not that hard now with podcasts. And here's a, here's a great 
example, um, and I'll be happy to give my contact information for everybody's listening. One of the, what I did early on, I'd be listening to shows and most of the guests would leave their contact information at the end of the show. And so I would just follow up with them. Hey, I heard you on the podcast show. Can we talk? And most of them would say, yes, that's actually how we did our first deal was we heard a guy on a podcast show, reached out to him, got to know him, built a relationship. Nine, 10 months later, we're, we're doing our first $10 million deal with a guy that we met from a podcast show. <laughs> Yeah. And I found that in the real estate space, a lot of people are really willing to help. And it just seems like investors that have been successful in real estate, they want to teach younger investors or they want to teach newer investors just everything they've done and they want them to be where they are. And they understand that there's you know enough to go around as an abundance mindset. If they help other people, it's not taking away from them. And then the other component of a mentorship that I think is so interesting and you touched on it is you don't even necessarily need a one-on-one mentor. If you just listen to podcasts or even read books or just even follow somebody on social media, if they're putting out great content frequently, you can be mentored from someone like that without being one-on-one with them. So there's really no excuse for not being able to find a mentor that's doing what you want to do and being able to learn from them. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, I do think as you get into it, like you need somebody you can call and ask direct questions to. You know, so you either go find that or you pay for it. And don't be scared to pay for coaching or mentoring either once you kind of know what you want to do. Because the most successful guys I interview on my podcast, they're spending six figures in mentorship and coaching and they're doing seven or eight. Like even the big guys invest in coaching and mentoring. So if they need the help, so do most of the people on this show. The only caveat to that I would say is don't spend the money right away. Like most people don't know what they want to do in real estate yet. They don't they don't even know enough about real estate investing to be able to invest the money in coaching or mentoring because you're not quite sure what your path is. That's probably one of the earlier mistakes I made is I kind of bought a couple of different things that I never really used because I kind of got into it. Ah, this is actually not what I want to do. And so once you figure that out, don't be scared to invest in yourself. Like that's how you that's how you grow and grow fast. And if you're going to start reaching out to people to mentor you, you need to have some sort of foundation at least, right? You need to be able to hold that conversation with them to show them that you're serious. You don't need to know everything. You need, you know, obviously that's why you have a mentor. You want to learn from them, ask them questions, but you need to show that you're interested. You've put in the work and you're not just kind of sitting back expecting them to to do everything for you. You need to be able to show that you have the work ethic and drive and you're willing to put in the work yourself. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's only like I would just send this guy's deals, and I was, you know, that's I think eventually why he's like, well, let's meet. Let me show you some stuff I'm working on because I, I think you realize like you're you're hungry, but you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> you know, hunger and, and hard work will get you a lot of places. So it's gotten me a lot of places. So it's one of the yeah. things I believe in the most is just pure hard work. So you mentioned earlier in the episode that you knew that you needed to take action, and I've heard from a lot of listeners that they just don't know when they're quote unquote ready. You know, when they know enough to make that first investment. So, at what point did you know that you were ready? To do your first deal, you're not going to be ready. Like, you don't know enough. It's your first deal. That's the point. That's why the biggest barrier is that first deal because you're always questioning, like, am I ready? So, I mean, just find a mentor and get started, right? Like, and, you know, we're talking to folks who want to be real estate entrepreneurs. That's kind of our whole conversation. Just remember, there's a ton of ways to invest in real estate and you don't have to become a real estate entrepreneur. That's the world I'm in now is the world of syndication. So don't feel like in order to get started in real estate or to do a big deal, you have to do everything yourself. Like Find a mentor or find partners or other experts that you can come alongside of and either provide money, provide some type of support and learn from them in a very low risk way. 
And so for me, I'm, I'm more of the active kind of hands-on guys. So like we went and bought a duplex, but I have a lot of business owners in my network that, you know, that they don't really want to do the whole active role. So they invest passively in our deals and they're able to learn about real estate and how the things happen and the benefits of owning it by essentially just coming alongside of us and investing passive. So those are kind of two different ways. So once you were ready, where did you start? What strategy did you use and which type of property did you get first? So we knew we wanted to do units. So we started with a duplex here in San Diego that we thought we were just going to buy kind of outright as a rental property and then and then lease it out, but learned that the strategy of kind of house hacking where you essentially move into a property, you can get better financing that way. You don't have to put as much money down and you can kind of create equity in the house while you're living in it and fixing it up. And that's essentially what we did. We bought a duplex and so we, you know, moved out one of the tenants in that duplex so that we can move in. We did some renovations and then we we rented out the front unit. It's still in San Diego though. That was a half a million dollar property. So it wasn't a small property. We actually had a family investor come in the deal with us and actually put up some some capital to be able to help us close. And, you know, we put the sweat equity in. We did the we did the rehab. We used some of our money to pay for the renovations. In about eleven months, we created about $150,000 in equity. So we were able to pull some of that cash back and pay back our, our family investor. And we still have that duplex, man. It's we're crushing it. It's a short term rental now in, in San Diego and you can find it on Airbnb if anybody wants to come stay. <laughs> so uh, it's a great place, man. We're, we love that. We're not doing that any longer, but it was a great start and it's still doing really well for us. How were you able to get that family investor to join you on your first deal? Just relational capital. I mean, she knew that we were trustworthy and savvy and, and hungry and explained to her like, hey, this is, this is why this is a good asset. This is why this makes sense. Kind of here's our plan. We had a business model and we had a mentor like, hey, this guy's going to help us <laughs> in this process. Here's everything that he's done. And so you know, going back to the finding a mentor, being able to use that credibility of others. I mean, in, in our world right now, that's what we do. We raise capital for real estate. And we have enough experience probably now that we can kind of vouch for ourselves, but we're also just, you know, I'm using the experience and credibility of others to really leverage that for our own brand. And so I did that for my first deal and I've done that for my second deal and we're continuing to do that. During that first deal that you did, what was something that caught you off guard or what was something that you learned during that deal that you weren't necessarily expecting or that might not have been, you know, taught to you in a book or podcast that you just really can't learn until you're actually doing that first deal? I'm not as hands-on. I don't like the hands-on as much as I thought I did. Like I don't want to do all of this on my own because when you buy small stuff, you're typically investing on your own. So you're in charge of everything. You're in charge of the renovations and you're in charge of being a landlord. And you know, you have to get out there and, and dig dirt sometimes. And I just realized really quickly, man, like that's not the role that I want to play. Like I'm not a fix and flipper. I don't it's not that I can't go swing a hammer, but every time I pick it up, I just end up breaking something else. And so I just learned like that's not my role. I don't I don't want to do that. And so I learned pretty quickly this whole duplex route's not gonna work. We need to build a bigger, you know, we essentially need to go after bigger stuff so that we can bring more people onto our team so that I can focus on the things that I'm really good at and essentially be able to hire other people to do or hire or partner with other people who are good at the things that I don't like. So that was probably my biggest. I'm so thankful we did that deal because it got me started on bigger apartment complexes a lot earlier than most because I mean, honestly, man, I, I don't want to call it lazy, but also just like, I don't like that. I don't, I don't, you know, want to be working in the yard or, or, turning over units or even being a landlord just because I'm too nice and you have to ask people for more money and you know and I just I just don't like being that guy so I rather rather give that to somebody else 
that's good that you were able to learn so early on that you can delegate. I think that's one of the things that makes a huge difference in people's businesses, but it sometimes takes people a long time to learn yeah. that. So that's awesome that you were able to learn that so early. Well, I mean, you can't delegate though if you're going, if you're going small, right? Because you have to do it all. So most people, even in their businesses, is they can't delegate because their business is too small or they're thinking too small or they're not bringing enough revenue. So they're having to do it all on their own. And so you, know, you can create a great passive income stream for yourself and a great portfolio by doing a couple of deals a year on your own. You for sure can do that. It just wasn't for us. And we wanted to scale a lot faster. So yeah, I mean, it was more of a like, I don't know if I'm a great delegator. It was more of just like my hand was forced and I realized this is not how I want to build wealth. So let's talk about where you went from there. After that first deal, where'd you go? What did your next few deals look like? We bought that duplex and then just kind of tell you where it ends or where the next thing that I'll, I'll walk back to the store. We bought 144 units. So it was a $500,000 deal-ish. And then our next deal was $9.5 million deal and about nine months later. And man, this is like the principle of all principles. Like know what you're good at, know what your superpower is and partner with those who have other superpowers or other unique abilities that you don't have. And that's what I learned in this process. So kind of in that nine months where I realized, hey, I, you know, I like real estate. Like This is an incredible asset to build wealth in. I just don't like doing all the work. What else is there? It's where I learned about the world of syndication and what syndication essentially allows you to do is partner with other people to do bigger deals. And so you're going to have two sides of the equation in a syndication. You have the limited partner side, which is the group of investors who put up the capital to purchase the deal. So some of your listeners might fall into that category where they just they have a good business and they just want to invest in real estate and take advantage of the benefits. Or you have the, the general partner or the active side of the deal. And those are the operators, the managers, those who are putting the deals together, those who are actually building the relationships with the investors to raise the money. And because I didn't have any money to invest, I knew I had to be on this side, right? To start putting the deal together. And my superpower, man, is just building relationships and raising money. I've been doing that in our nonprofit for six years. And so I learned by listening to podcasts and, and being on bigger pockets that there was this thing called syndication. And that again, I didn't have to have my own money to buy the deal. I just had to go raise that from other people, show them I was a worthy investment to take their capital and invest it into a real estate project and we could do a deal together. And so I borrowed the credibility of somebody else who had the experience in this space. And then I leveraged my strength of raising money. We partnered together and we closed on our next deal at $9.5 million. So how are you finding these people to invest with you? I know it's probably networking and relationships, but give us yep. a little more granular, tactical. How can somebody listening to the show go find those people? And then once they maybe find a few people that are potential prospects or potential investors, how do they talk to them? What are they saying? What does that conversation look like? Take out your phone, open up your contacts, and just start at A. Like Honestly, man, like you, we have so much power and influence on our phones. And so not that you would call everybody on your phone, because I don't even know if I know everybody on my phone, right? But if you have a thousand, five thousand contacts, you start going through your contacts and saying, hey, would this person might be interested in something like this? And I bet you there's a couple hundred people on that list that you can begin to reach out to and say, hey, this is what I'm doing now. I'm looking at doing a deal. That, that would be the best start and just calling them. And, and probably by the time you get to 10 or 20, like don't even create anything yet. Just call the first 10 and figure out what their pushbacks are. What They're probably going to say no because you don't have any experience and you don't know what you're talking about, but that's okay. Listen to what their pushback is. Listen to why they say no. Develop that. Figure out a better way to pitch it or go create, go figure out the answers to their questions and then call the next 10. 
right? Like you have nothing to lose because you have no money right now to invest in your deal. So you might as well call 10 people and just learn from them. That's the best way to do that. Or pay for a mentorship, pay for a coaching program that can help you learn how to raise money and do real estate deals. There's so many good ones out there. So when you're calling these people, what exactly are you saying to them? I know you're telling them about what you're doing, but are there specific yeah. words are you saying, you know, are you interested in investing in with me? Or like, what does that verbiage sound like? Honestly, man, now like the best, I have people calling me now, which is so much easier because it's really, really hard to educate people on the benefits of investing in real estate if they don't have real estate investing experience, like, or they don't know anything about real estate. So if you're calling somebody cold and they're like, you know, it's not that, first of all, you're breaking the barrier of like them trusting you with their money, but then you're also trying to help them realize like why they should be in real estate. And so the easiest people are going to be those who've already done some type of real estate transaction or they've already invested in real estate. So maybe that first question say, hey, I would just ask, do you have any experience investing in real estate? And then you know, hear what they say. And then you can tell them, hey, we're looking to do our first deal. We're looking to, to know, is there anybody that might be interested in partnering with us, either financially or in experience? That would be two really great questions. Do you have any experience in real estate? Yes or no? Okay, great. If they do, would you be interested in this? Or if not, do you know anybody that would be interested in partnering with us, either financially or in experience? And those are two great questions to get started. And so if you're reaching out to these people, does, you know, kind of cold or even just through social media, maybe, does this break any laws in terms of the SEC? Because I know they're strict about who you can solicit investor money from specifically. So how does that work in terms of the SEC regulations? We're not talking about bigger deals, man. So this is not an issue. And people aren't reaching out to... I imagine these calls are to people that you know. So as long as you have a relationship with them, then no, it's not. You're not breaking any rules. And so is that... You mentioned the size of the deal. So if it's just three units, four units, maybe even five, 10 units, is that not as much of an issue? Could you put something out on, say, LinkedIn or social media if you have a big following? Can you say, oh, we're looking for a partner to deal deal with us on a, on a 10-unit property in XYZ that we're looking to buy? Can you try and raise money that way? If you're only doing like a small deal, you're probably not going to do a syndication type structure since you're looking for a JV partner, someone who's going to be 50-50 with you in this deal. So 100%, like if they're coming in and they're, you know, they're going to be a partner with you in the deal, they're active in the, the transaction itself. The only reason like what you're talking about, you get in trouble is if you're providing essentially what they call security. And so if you're soliciting like, hey, you're going to give me 100K, I'm going to give you this share in this real estate deal. Like that's a, you're essentially selling a security at that point, right? And so because they're not really active in the project and you're just taking their money and giving them a return on something. That's that's technically selling a security. But what you're saying is you're just looking for a partner to come in and either partner with you by providing equity and, and having some type of role in the deal. And you're not going to do a syndication. You're going to just split. You're going to give them 50% and you're taking 50% of the deal and you're partnering together. So as long as you structure it like that, sure, you could reach out to anybody you want. But I, I would just say you don't even have to worry about that if you're if you're just getting started, which is who I think you're speaking to, starting your contact phone, right? Like your family members, you know, your high school friends, your college friends. That's where I would start. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. More of like a joint venture, not doing a syndication, mm -hmm. more of like a smaller scale property. Because there's a lot of people that I know have reached out to me that are in the audience and they want to get started, but they don't have the money to start buying it themselves or they want to do another right. deal and they've already exhausted all their capital. They're not right. looking to go do a syndication. They're just maybe even want to buy a duplex or a triplex and they want to use somebody else's money. And then like meetups, like go to you know meetup.com, 
go to your local meetups and find people, talk to people, especially if you're good at finding deals and you have connections. You can leverage that, especially there's people at meetups that have money, you have private lenders. Actually, I learned of a great resource. It's called um, privatelenders.com. I just learned about this. You could literally find private lenders, hard money all over the country. And so that's a great list for people. If you're just looking to, I mean, you're going to have to pay for that money in the sense of like hard money and it's kind of more debt than a partnership. But I don't know, you could also reach out to them and say, hey, I'm not really looking for debt. I'm looking for a partner in this. Would you be interested? And they might take more of the the equity in that deal. But if you're just getting started and you don't have any money, you're going to have to give up a lot more of the property anyway. So that would be a good way. And so now I want to talk about generating business or networking for people's real estate business. And I know more and more people are turning to LinkedIn these days as a social media platform. It's yeah. quickly becoming you know more popular and not just you know, what it used to be a quote unquote professional network. I know you've been using it a lot to effectively grow your real estate business. So talk to us a little bit about how you're doing that. LinkedIn is an incredible platform. If you're not there, like go create a professional looking profile. And the best way to, if you're not doing anything on LinkedIn, I mean, it really pays to be a content creator right now on LinkedIn. There's so much organic growth, organic reach on that platform to just create good content that people want to read, people want to watch, you know, find your niche, whatever that is. And just start creating good content there. If, if you struggle with that, then the second best step is just interact with people in your industry. So if we're talking about real estate here, there are a ton of good content creators. I'm one of them on LinkedIn that are in the real estate space. And so you can search for hashtags in LinkedIn in the search bar. So hashtag real estate investing, hashtag multifamily, hashtag apartment investing, hashtag whatever it is, right? Fix and flip. And then you'll see Pretty much all of the, and then you create, you know, you select, you can filter, and then you would just select content and just begin to interact with people who are putting out good content on that. And you'll find, and even in those comments, who's interacting with those people in those comments, connect with them and start building relationships with them. I think the people who are doing this best, man, are really using LinkedIn a lot like Facebook. It's a relational type thing. I mean, I have built really good friendships on LinkedIn where I'm, Connecting with them, we're you know we're essentially just kind of going back and forth in the comments. You know, we might jump on a call at some point into that relationship, quote unquote. And then what's really cool is I see them at a conference because we might go to the same conference. Hey, I'm going to this conference. Anybody coming? They sign up. You know, the first thing is that we do when we see each other, we hug, right? Like, hey, man, so good to see you. You know how many times I've heard, feels like I already know you. That happens all the time. And for me, as a capital raiser. I do not want when someone gets on the phone with me who's interested in investing in our deal for them to say, so tell me more about yourself. I much rather them say, I actually did have this one guy. He's like, well, what other questions should I ask you? I'm like, well, you know, you haven't really asked anything about me. Would you like to know anything about me? He's like, no, I feel like I already know you. And I'm like, okay, well done, Atlas. Well done on the brand side of things that people can literally get to know me because I have hours of content on my podcast. I have videos they can watch. You know, I come on podcast shows like yours and I share that type of content and I post that on LinkedIn and we have small clips of things that I'm saying. And so you just got to get started. But, you know, the easiest way is just to interact inside of your industry, start connecting with people, trying to set up phone calls with those people, and then slowly begin to create your own content and become a thought leader in your own space. Create a lot of content. If it sucks, LinkedIn won't show it. So don't worry about it. People were like, I don't want to create anything. Like, if it sucks and nobody interacts with it, you won't get any views, anyways. Right. So just start creating stuff and see what works. Yeah. I'm a big content creator on LinkedIn myself. And I agree with everything you said. And I think one of the big things to mention is that you need to remember that you're not putting out content in a transactional way. You're not putting 
calls to action to raise money on every single post or sell something on every single post. You're trying to really provide value. And then that value leads to those relationships that are going to drive everything else you have for a goal. I rarely ask for anything on LinkedIn. I can count on probably a couple of hands how many times I've done that now, because here's why. Because in my profile, if they like my content enough to go click on my profile, then you're getting pitched. Right? You're going to go on my bio and you're going to read about my story and just going to say, hey, if you're a Christian real estate entrepreneur and you're looking for a community, apply to be a part of our mastermind. Here's the link. Or, hey, if you're a passive and if you're a business owner and you're looking to invest passively in real estate, here's my calendar. Let's schedule a call. Right? Because I've, I've already grabbed their attention enough where they've clicked on my profile and it's not like I've pitched them. They've come to me. They're looking for something. They've liked my content. And then they read my bio and here it is. Like it's the soft pitch, right? And so I think you should definitely have that in your bio. But if you create enough good content and you're interacting with people, people are, it's just so, it's so easy to click on your profile and see what you do. So make sure you have a good bio. It's compelling. It's you. It's inviting. And it has an action step that you actually want people to do. That's the, the ninja secret right there. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. And as we wrap up the show, what would be the number one piece of advice that you'd give to a new real estate investor? I would say take your time. There's a lot of ways to make money in real estate. Figure out what you like and what you can really do for a long time and then go all in. And don't be, don't be afraid to invest in yourself once you figure out what that is. But remember the first part of that advice. Take your time. Learn a lot figure out what other people are doing in this industry. There are a lot of ways to make money in real estate. So don't let somebody say, hey, this is the only way or the best way to invest in real estate and then go all in. And remember, you don't have to be a real estate entrepreneur in order to invest in real estate. You can invest passively. I think it's part of knowing what your superpower is and what you're good at and then leveraging that to build wealth and create a future for you. So it's more about like, what is your what is your lifestyle or the life type goals that you're creating, and so I think that's just the best start. Like, what is the life that you're trying to to build here? And so to make sure those goals and kind of your activity line up. And so take your time, man. This is a long game. There's so many. You know, I really think this. Like, and I've learned this coming out of the pastoral world and now into this. Like, you can build significant wealth in a decade. Like, I've seen. I've heard so many people like it only takes a decade to really build significant wealth. And if you compound that by two and three and four decades, then it just gets filthy. But you can build significant wealth in a decade. And so if you're young, especially on this show, take your time and learn a lot. And then once you figure that out, man, go full speed, go all in. Don't be afraid to invest the money, uh, to invest in yourself, your education. And if you're on the fence and you already know what it is, freaking do it. Like take action. Like today's the day. Go find a deal. It's not about how much you're going to make on that first one. It's about getting in. And then you can say, hey, I did a deal. Like you can come on podcast shows. You can share that and you kind of get in this circle. It's a lot of fun. So that was way more than one advice, but I just, I love helping people who are just getting started. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I really agree with everything you said. And a decade sounds like a long time when you, you know, you just say invest for a decade. That sounds like a long time. But when you think about it in terms of you invest for 10 years, you do the right things for 10 years, and then you can live the next 40 years. Great. A decade is not a long time if you think about that. Most people are trying to build wealth for 40 years so that they can live the next 20 or 30 years, right? You're doing it in a quarter of the time what most people think because of poor education that's going to take them an entire lifetime, 40 or 50 years. And so you're doing it in a fraction of the time. And that's the benefit of good financial education that a good vehicle like real estate can provide is that you 
you can actually cut that time by 75, 80% so that you have a lot more life to be able to live, to enjoy, and to create impact. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I completely agree with you. And that's why I think we're both, both in the real estate game. Ellis, yeah. thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Where can the audience go to connect with you and learn more about all the things you got going on? Kingdomcapitalist.co is the best way to get kind of part of our, our community, our group, or at least to apply to see if it's a good fit. Outside of that, if you're looking to you know just learn more about real estate or invest with me, LinkedIn is a great channel, man, where you can message me, you know, say that we were on the show, be happy to jump on a call with you there is a great way. Or if you know you're ready to take action and invest in deals with us, Ellis Hammond. Dot com is where, you know, if you're looking to invest passively in any of our deals in the future, just go to ellishammond.com. I got some resources there. There's a partnership form on my website. And I actually got a couple of free resources for your audience as well to check out. Actually, I got a really cool checklist that you can use for your deals. If you're a passive investor and you're looking to invest in deals and you're asking the question, hey, what like how do I know this is a good deal? I've I've literally put together a, a 40 point checklist for you to go get. So that's at ellishammond.com. I'll be sure to put links to all the resources that Ellis just mentioned. I'll also put links to various books that are related to the topic that we just talked about in today's episode, as well as anything else that we mentioned throughout the show in the show notes below that you can check out in your favorite podcast player, or you can go to theinvestorspodcast.com and click on the real estate show and go to the show notes page and find all the resources there. Ellis, thanks so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show. a blast, man. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. That's all I had for this week's episode of Real Estate Investing. I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to TIP. To access our show notes, courses, or forums, go to theinvestorspodcast.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by the Investors Podcast Network. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.